Welcome to the Victory Life Church Podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at vlcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. You know, I've envisioned this, uh, this day and what I would say for two years. And, you know, I began to think, man, on day one, maybe I could share some, you know, great vision or some direction or here's where we're going for 2023. But that's not it. Next week, that'll be it. So make sure you're here next week. And I did what, uh, you know, every believer should do, and I stopped thinking, and I started praying. And I said, God, what, what do you want me to share? Because to be honest, I could stand up here and I could, you know, honor people for 20, 30 minutes. And that would be good for some of you, but may not all of you, but I do thank you so much for who you've been to me and what you've represented. I, I do want to just say thank you to my pastors for eight years at Victory Church. I know some of them are here. And Pastor Don, I, I mean, you took me into your home when I was 20 years old, took a chance on me. And, and th- those pastors in my life have taught me, they have shaped me, they have made me who I am, and I'm, I'm very grateful. To some of my students who are here, who I got to watch them go through sixth grade all the way to college, you have taught me that people were worth it and to never give up, to keep going and to keep pushing no matter how messy or stinky or difficult it gets. To, uh, to, to Josh and JW, who, who is not here, he's in Texas, but you guys are my idols. I wanted to be like you. I wanted to sing like you, and I didn't even come close. <laughs> And I don't know how, if I'm ever going to sing on the stage again with you getting up here, Grace, in our stage like that. And so, uh, and J.W., he was my youth pastor for so many years. I, I've just been so grateful to have so many men in my life, men who I could call family, who I idolized. And even my sister, J.W.'s wife, she taught me that joy and smiling and happiness will fight and combat anything in life, even if you have to fake it. And so I am who I am because of my sister. I smile the way I do because of my sister. And if I, if I say your name when I'm meeting you for the first time or I see you and it's been a while and I say, hi, and you act like I'm treating you like a kid, no, that's just how my sister would do it. So that's how I do it. So I'm very thankful for my sister and to my wife for loving me and eight years of marriage. I'm very grateful and I love you tremendously. I know you didn't want to be a pastor's wife, but here you are. And to my three kids who are, uh, I was waiting for grandpa to say something on stage to, to shut them up because they were just, uh, and they teach me how to, how to be like Christ. And they also teach me how much I am not like Christ all at the same time. So, well, here's what I'd like to say. And I have a few things I want to share. I feel like this is my inauguration and here are my promises for the next 25 years. <laughs> All right? The difference is I'm going to stay true to these things, all right? And I got some accountability in my life that are going to help me. Um, let me tell you the first thing I think that God has called me to do, and I feel like 
he put these things in my spirit. I'm going to give you five. I may talk about three and then, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, and it won't be long, I promise. But um, this was about a month and a half ago when I started praying. I said, God, what do you want me to say? And I believe he put these things in my spirit. And I haven't changed them since. And the first one is this. I'm going to preach this. And I'm going to preach all of it. You know, one, one preacher said that, he said, I was happy to see everything other than preaching in my ministry to fail except the preaching of the word of God. I mean, there are books in this book that I love. There are chapters that I cherish and there are scriptures that I have memorized and I hold them near and dear to my heart. But then there are a few that I have a hard time reading and they're a little bit difficult to understand, especially when I am in sin. But can I remind you what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This book has changed my life. It's transformed everything about me. But it's also awakened my conscience and revealed my sin. And that's, that's not easy. When you open this thing expecting to be lifted up and then it feels like you're just pushed down. But I'll tell you what, that pushing down is necessary. That calling out is necessary. This would be the book that we would build the foundation of our church on because it builds, it creates, but it converts and it conforms. It was R.C. Sproul that said when he would talk to people in seminary, he said, you are required to believe and to preach this Bible and what it says is true, not what you would like for it to be, truth. So why wouldn't I teach all of it? But what about the parts that are, you know, rebuking and correcting? What about the parts that are, you know, offensive? Yeah, those parts too. Well, then I'll go somewhere else. Well, then how do you expect to be a believer that is going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Come on, somebody, you need all of this. We don't just need some of the good parts. And we're not treating the Bible like a restaurant where I can show up and say, hey, give me that and hold that. Because that's what I say when I go to Chick-fil-A, hold the pickles because I don't want the pickles. We can't, that's, not the, that's not reading the Bible. We can't treat the Bible like a restaurant. Because what about when you need correcting? What about when you become enslaved to that sin again? What about when you need to be humbled? Here is the word of God, the Holy Scriptures doing that work. Well, Jacob, I just have a hard time because I only want to hear about what God can give well, can I take you to Job and tell you what he can take? Job said, the Lord takes, but also the Lord gives. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked will I depart. But why are we here? Not to tell you what God can take. I'm here to tell you that when he takes, that you can say the same thing that Job said right after he said the Lord takes and the Lord gives. But may the name of the Lord be praised. And so that's what I want you to do. No matter the season you're in, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, for you to shout at the top of your lungs, may the name of the Lord be praised. So I'm going to preach all of it because you and I need all of it. Secondly, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you as often as I can. The truth is prayer is an essential part of what we do. In fact, our walk cannot be sustained without it. One writer said, Prayer is the Christian's vital breath. You know, the truth is we, we get this high off productivity. Right? When we do something, we feel great about ourselves. 
You know, like six months ago, I, I cleaned the gutters. Yeah, I cleaned the gutters in my house, guys. I forgot I had gutters, but apparently they were, needed to be cleaned. I got up on that ladder. Man, I did my thing. I got all dirty. I came walking in like I just accomplished the greatest thing in my life. And my wife didn't even care because she doesn't even see what's in the gutters. But I know. You want to get a high without a hangover? Go out and be productive. I'll tell you what. But it's interesting because we don't often associate prayer with being productive. We usually say, well, man, I don't have time to pray because I got to do a lot of things. We need to stop making prayer our last response and start making it our first response. It's got to be the first thing we do. In fact, Paul is writing to uh, the church of Ephesus where he would pin one of his greatest teachings, equipping yourself with the full armor of God. Why? Because there is evil around. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against the rulers, the principalities, and the evil forces of this world. But he concludes that with saying something very interesting. He says in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6, he says, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, it's not easy praying for people, especially because I got a long list of things that I got to pray for for myself. But when I read this thing, I learned to lay down myself. And I learned that praying for people is productive. Prayer is productive. Prayer is an essential part of what we do, and it'll be an essential part of what I do. And I got to be honest, though, because when my dad, you know, said, hey, we're going to pray for four hours on Wednesday, that would have been a little bit of a stretch. So, uh, Dad, it's interesting that you give me this because I have here that I wanted to say, will you help me do this? Will you help me pray? I mean, I got to be under Pastor Don, and Pastor, I've, I've told on the stage that you, are, you embody First Thessalonians 5.17, which says pray continually. I lived with you for two years. You'd be walking around praying. You'd be walking around praying over your coffee cup, thinking that, are you wanting more coffee in that cup? Is that why you're praying for that? But it was just in his breath. And now I see my dad who has been so faithful in prayer, not just praying continually, but praying for long amounts of time in staff meetings when we are hungry for lunch. And it's 10, 20 minutes later. Dad, you do an incredible job at that. And prayer is not going to be on the back burner of VLC, but it's going to be our first response. And so will you help me? Will you help me do that? Thirdly, I will serve at your feet. I heard someone say, I thought pastors were just to preach, marry, and bury. Well, there's more to that. And I hope, hopefully I don't have to bury anybody soon. All right, don't make that the year one marker on, on my, you know, list of lead pastors. Uh, so I want, to sh- I want to take you to a passage in, in John chapter 13. This would be the, the last time that Jesus would be with his disciples. And... Um, He's got to tell him that somebody's going to betray him. But this is right before the Passover feast. And he shares this in verse 12. He, he washes their feet, by the way. And Peter's like, you know, you're not touching my feet. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you will have no part in me, Peter. Peter's like, wash my feet, please. But you know whose feet he also washed? Judas's feet. He's about to tell them, who's going to betray him and he's going to wash this, this man's feet. And so it goes on to say in verse 12, it said, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. 
You call me teacher and Lord, and I rightly so. This is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, don't think that we're like washing feet after service up at the altar, because some of you were like, man, I haven't showered in a couple days. And that would be bad. That, that's already bad, okay? But um, we're not going to do that. But look at verse 15. He said, I have set you, and here's the point, an example that you should do what I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You know, by doing that, you actually go back to verse 1. Jesus says that this is how I will show you my full extent of my love. By washing people's feet. He was setting the example of humble service. You see, too many are willing to say, Jesus, you are my cleanser. And you are the cleanser of my soul and my sin. But as soon as he tells you to go and do the same, you have a hard time with that. Because God hadn't called me to serve people. Oh, yes, he did. In fact, he said the greatest in the kingdom of heaven would be the servants. And so if you want to be blessed, if you want to be happy, you first got to be holy. But before that, you got to be humble. And you got to serve. And you got to serve at their feet. The highest place you could ever be is to serve. God, make me a better servant. That's what I ask. I say, God, give me a greater capacity to serve. I remember I, I told my team this when I was at my old church. I said, listen, if there's anything you need me to do, anything, I'm here for you. And my wife's like, don't say anything. I was like, anything. And I had one of them call me on the side of the road. She's like, I need some help. Can you come help me? I'm stuck on the side of the road. I'm like, hang up and call AAA. You don't need me. You need AAA. But here I was. Having to go out, I had to pick up a gas tank in skinny jeans. I had to go outside sweating, help somebody push their car. That was just one thing that I got to do. I, can't, I, I could sit here for hours and tell you all the things that people have done for me. But you know, pastors and shepherds are here to serve you. We're here to help you. But I do want you to know that my family comes first. And if there's ever a time that I can't be there, that I can't help. Don't think I'm a bad pastor. I'm just trying to be a better husband and father. That's my first ministry. I got my own little church at my house. And it's tough. They're not saved yet. They're not responding. I'm preaching the altar call and nobody. So pray for me. Because if I'm expecting people to get saved in the church, I got to make sure my family is saved. They're there. They'll get there. They'll get there. They're, they're learning. We're learning to speak better about them because uh, we pray a lot for them. Here, let me give you just two more. And I, I just want to hang out with you guys and eat and have fun. That's really what I want to do. I was like, I don't even really want to say anything. I just want to be like, thanks, you know? <laughs> Thank you, God. And then, uh, and then just spend time with you because some of you have meant so much to me. Some of you I've known for a very long time and some of you I've known for maybe a few months or a year, but then I just, I just want to hang out with you. But let me give you two more things and I'll pray. I wanna, we're gonna make disciples, right? This is, why, this is why we're here, the Great Commission, to make disciples. If all we were was a church for you to just show up, pray a prayer, and then say peace, man, we wouldn't be doing our job. We wanna see you become a better person in Jesus. As my dad said, you gotta be complete and mature. You gotta get to heaven and finish that race well. <clears throat> and, and God is gonna say, 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not great prayer when you were 17, but well done throughout your life. And so that's why we're here to help you. You run a camera, that's great. You open up a door, that's great. You work in kids ministry, that's great. But if you're a failure at home, if all you do is gossip at work, if you're living for God on Sundays, but you're living for the devil every other day, then we got some work to do in you. Come on, you got some work to do in you. And so that's, that's why we're here. Admit, confess, be open, be open to change, be open to learn, be open to grow. I have so much joy in watching people who love the Lord and who are walking in obedience find their purpose. We're not just looking for people to show up, but we want to be part of your journey. We want to know what's going on in your life. We want to help you go from the, the milk to, to, to the meat. We, we, want to, we want to help you in that. That's why we're here, not just to preach to you on Sundays. Heck, you don't even remember our sermons the next week. But you walk through a class or you walk through a small group, you walk through some, some mission stuff, man, God begins to do a work in you. And lastly, we're going we're gonna to stay teachable as a church. I'm going to stay teachable. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Now, I never wanted to do this alone. And I'm so grateful for the pastors in my life that have helped me. I'm grateful for the mentors in my life that I still meet with on a monthly basis who have every right to call me out, to ask me how things are going. Guys, I, I'm, if there's a top of the totem pole, man, I'm down here, way down here. Because I wouldn't want to be up there. Thank God he didn't call me up there. God called me to serve at people's feet. God called me to continue to learn and grow and be teachable and moldable. Man, we're never done being molded. If you think you're done, you're not done. You're fooling yourself. Even if you got some gray hairs or no hairs, and I've got a few gray hairs, we're not done yet. We have a lot of work to do, and we have much to learn. Danny, we said, I think we said this one time, or maybe you said it, you know, God ain't finished with me yet. That's the truth. Come on, God ain't finished with me yet. And God isn't finished with you. He's got work to do in you. He's got work to do through your family through your ministry, through your job, through your neighborhood. You thought you'd cozy up and get comfortable and die peacefully. No way. God has, if you got breath in your lungs, you got purpose. If you got breath in your lungs, there's still things to learn. God is not finished with VLC either. And he has much work to do. And 25 years that my dad has led this church, I pray for another 25 years. But here's the thing, and we're going to talk about this next week a little bit, but this really isn't about, you know, my dad and 25 years of his service. This really isn't even about me and maybe 25 years of my service. This is about God and what he's already done in VLC years and years ago before my dad even took this place. This is about what he's doing and about what he's always done. And I just get to be part of it. And I just have the mic. So it's great. And I'm very thankful and very blessed. Would you stand to your feet? I want to share one last passage in Daniel chapter 6. You know, the book of Daniel, Daniel is one of the few righteous people. And he's trying to obey. He's trying to do what's right. And he's trying to stay faithful in prayer. And he does. But there are some people who don't like that. And they tell the king, they're like, listen, why don't you issue a decree that people can only pray to you, king, 
knowing that they were going to get Daniel. And you know the story. He, he gets caught, gets thrown into the lion's den. King Darius is like, but I didn't really want to do that to Daniel, but I guess he disobeyed. And so he throws him in the lion's den and Daniel's all right. And he gets out and King Darius worships and he gets so excited. And he says this. He says in verse 26, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Come on, how many know that is the same God today? The God of Jacob, the God of Mary, the God of Moses, the God of David. But he, here's, here's where it, it, it's crazy. Because he says in verse 26, he says, For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, and his dominion will never end. God isn't finished with VOC, because God's kingdom isn't done. It's still reigning. What he did then in those days, come on, he can still do today. His healing, he can still perform today. His miracles, God is still moving in the supernatural church. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you're aware, but God is moving. God is doing something. He said, I did it then and I can do it again. Come on, if you need a move of God in your life, if you are praying for some things, can we do some ministry here for a moment? If you are praying for some things, come on, would you just lift your hands? You're asking God to do a miracle in your life. You're desperately crying out. You need a touch of God. You need a touch of heaven. You have felt abandoned. You have felt like you have been put on the back burner, but God isn't done with you yet. And he's not done working in you because he has a work through you. So Father, we lift your name up in this place. God, we worship you. Lord, we just ask for those raising their hands that you would move in miraculous ways. God, that your presence, which satisfies us, would it do what it can do? Would we be content in you? Would we follow you for the rest of our days as long as you give us breath? God, we believe this and we hold it near and dear to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way. Everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.